0: Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Season of the Bitch, the podcast where we really, really, really don't like worker exploitation. Today we have a really special episode. Um, today it's me, Ambria, and I am joined by my friend, Abby. Can you introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, uh, I am Abby Christie. I'm friends with Ambria. I'm a labor activist. I've been an organizer for the past few years. Um, I was born in a union household and I really give a shit.
0: I love that, <laughs> love to hear that. <laughs> um, so, uh, me and Abby were given a shit one day. Mm-hmm. Um, last weekend we drove out to Rochelle, Illinois, and that happened just because um, Abby's partner uh, got an email from Rise Chicago that said. Hey, these crazy strikes were happening out in Rochelle, and they won some victories, and it's a cool thing. Like I said, this was just an email newsletter, um, and Andrew recognized Rochelle as being a place that I lived, and so Abby told me about it.
1: Yeah, it was very sweet. He was just like, oh my god, did you guys know about this? Uh, (laughs) We were like sitting on a park bench, and we decided to go.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it came up. At Abby's uh, Abby's phone went off, and she looked at it, and she was like, "Oh, guess what happened in Rochelle?" Um, so I guess I could kind of uh, summarize for you what happened in Rochelle that really caught our interest and made us say, "Like, hey, let's just go out there this weekend." Um, what it is is that it's two hours due west of Chicago. And there's a job site out there right now. There's um, some construction of a new weird building. Yeah, they're building a giant refrigerator vending
1: machine. Uh, Any logistics nerds listening? This is wild. It's basically like a truck driver can come up, press like, I need 10 turkeys into the vending machine, and a little robot goes and
0: gets 10 turkeys. Uh, That's literally what it is. (laughs) So one of the companies on this job site, because there's a few different companies, um, it uh, employs some iron workers. um, Because this building right now is basically just a huge structure of scaffolded pieces of iron. Um, We have some pictures that we're going to be providing for you guys, but it's just stories tall. It's Like, like the only thing you can see. We actually saw it driving in, and we mentioned this in the interviews. So what we did is we drove out there, and we interviewed um, these workers, and we're going to give you a little bit more of a summary um, before we start. But we we interviewed the workers, and we'll basically be playing those interviews for you after this introduction. This is a completely
1: inspirational story. Um, There was a group of workers... Basically, they were doing construction on this job site, uh, mostly um, Mexican-American people um, living in Rochelle, working there, uh, and they were facing horrible, horrible working conditions and they were not in the union. Not yet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they weren't in the union yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it got so bad that this one guy... He he hit his breaking point, and he saw a bunch of iron workers on the site, and he just went up to them and asked how he can join the union. And he did all of the organizing, uh, got together with eight other uh, the workers that you know on that job site that were in the same conditions and working for the same employer, and they decided to go on strike.
0: So they ended up doing two different strikes. Um, The eight workers that went on strike were all immigrants. They had not yet officially joined the union, but the union and Arise Chicago, and also um, Pastor Hamilton of the United Methodist Church in Rochelle, offered them support. Um, They got their demands met from this first 24-hour strike, um, went back to work uh, the next day, And suddenly, um, the company was circulating this rumor that um, the union had called the immigration authorities, known as ICE, um, and that, you know, all the workers were either expected to have their documentation with them or they should go home because they might get raided. Um, And of course, um, you know, I think you can imagine, but just in case uh, people aren't aware If you call ICE uh, on a job site and ICE comes there and does a raid, um, people will be racially profiled. People may not have documentation or ICE may not like their documentation. And when I mean they don't have their documentation, they may not have it on their person. um, And they can end up getting arrested and um, facing a lot of challenges whether or not they are actually documented. So... This rumor got spread, and they ended up, instead of kind of falling into fear and falling apart, um, they went on strike again, this time yeah. with a bigger group. Yeah, so yeah, what happened with that is they, um, that
1: retaliation actually, um, and that threat kind of inspired those workers to join the union. Um, and by joining the union, um, they were able to file an unfair labor practice, which is a, you know, legal document right uh, goes through the uh, national labor relations board saying that that retaliation did happen uh, for participation in a strike and that's illegal um, and that actually allowed the whole union at the site to go on strike Um, so it went from an eight person strike to pretty much every worker uh, at the site either on strike or refusing to cross a picket line
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And as a result, um, these workers got a contract which doubled their pay uh, and gave them full benefits um, before they did not have access to workers' comp. If they got hurt, it was their own responsibility to take care of it. Um, You know, and they weren't guaranteed any money for disability or anything. Um, So they got all of these things put into their contract. And it was pretty incredible. I think um, the things that really drew me to this story is sort of how these employers, in an effort to continue exploiting these workers, attempted to use uh, fear-mongering around uh, immigration authorities to divide people and to scare them away from the union, uh, and that didn't work. Um, And instead, it actually strengthened the solidarity between the workers um, and also showed people that the union was a resource that they could use. Um, and that the union would support them and protect them from stuff like this. I think also I was really inspired because when Abby mentioned what had happened, I sort of exclaimed in Rochelle, right? Um, this stuff, it seems like it's less likely to happen out in the country or we don't hear about it. A lot of, um, you know, organizing is done in the city. Um, We don't really hear about these things that happen out in the country. So I really wanted to find out more about it and get a chance to talk to people and share it with our listeners and just, I don't know, kind of uplift that things happen outside of the city. A lot of, uh, as we mentioned in these interviews, um, a lot of these contractors go out there because they believe that they can get away with anything out in the country. And sometimes that's true because people don't have as many places to turn to to get help. Um, you know, there's not as many like organizations and stuff to help you out, but we want to encourage people, uh, by sharing this story, you know, um, there might still be resources that you can turn to. If there's a union, you can try to get them to help you, um, and you might be able to win.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it was really this like incredible story of solidarity, right? The union, um, really just, you know, went all out for them. You know, they, in the first parts of that organizing, union even had no obligation. And they did anyways. um, And they fully support these workers. You know, even though it's only 23 of them and you think it wouldn't matter. um, Yeah, the amount of support and solidarity they have with them is incredible. Um, In the interview, really, um, when we were there, literally was a family for many people, but also uh it even it just felt like a family everyone there was supporting each other um from the pastor to the to union reps to all of the workers
0: um it was very cool yeah i when we were driving home i was so amped up (laughs) yeah uh it's really nice to be able to get the chance to like celebrate something positive you know i think in the work that we do a lot of times I mean, obviously, a lot of the things that are talked about in this interview are, are painful and difficult, too. Like, you know, they were really... They were and still are facing a lot of challenges as workers in this system. Um, but it's nice to be able to celebrate the good things that happen Yeah, uh, when we work together. Yeah.
1: When we, when we got there, it actually... Um, to set some context for the interview, it did start in a kind of sore place um, because... They had a quick meeting beforehand, before recorded, um, and no surprises, the employer was still late on their checks, their overtime checks, and so, um, you know, I don't want to reveal the union strategy at all, um, but the union is really doing everything they can and, uh, yeah, working really hard to make sure all those workers get checks, but also, like, Make sure, uh, and this is a part that I loved, is like, um, you know, some of those workers aren't iron workers. And, you know, I can explain a little bit about the building trades, but it's usually by what your trade is, what you do. So some of those people aren't iron workers, uh, but the iron workers organize them. So the iron workers union set up a hiring hall with uh, a bunch of other trades unions uh, that the workers might be interested in, like um, the carpenters union or the laborers, uh, and making sure that every single one of those workers is now connected to a lifelong career with good wages uh,
0: and good benefits and safety on the job. And that's really cool. Yeah, totally. Um, so to continue setting the scene a little bit like Abby just started, um, we're, it's Saturday uh, during this interview, and we just sort of show up at this church, the United Methodist Church in Rochelle. And um, eventually we're met with, I believe, about 20 to 23 workers. And um, there's also Pastor Hamilton, who's the pastor, the reverend at the church there. Um, and then two organizers from mm-hmm. um, the Iron Workers Union. Yeah. The International Iron Workers Union, I believe.
1: Uh, yeah, the local president and the a labor rep named Vinny.
0: Yeah, the district. Uh, Vinny's the district guy, yeah. I think. And uh, a lot of the people in this interview don't introduce themselves. Um, I did let them know they could ahead of time. Either they forgot or they didn't um, want to, uh, which is also understandable. Um, but some names are mentioned uh, during the interview, so you can look out for that. Um, but yeah, we're just basically sitting in a room. Uh, circled around a microphone. Uh, I do apologize for the audio quality. Um, We did the best of what we had. There was an air conditioner on. It was like 90 degrees that day. Um, So there's a bit of buzzing in the background. Uh, Most of these workers uh, predominantly speak Spanish. Um, So what you're going to hear is us asking questions and people answering in Spanish, uh, at least most of the time and then um one of their co-workers translating for them so luckily there were a few young people in the room who were workers that were involved with the strike who were able to translate for us Um, and i felt like that was uh, really lucky for us because it's nice you know to even have the translator be someone who was part of this original struggle and can speak to it
1: yeah one thing that i wanted to talk about uh just on the age of the workers um, the group of people um, that initially organized the strike, the group of eight uh, actually majority of them were under the age of 30 Um, while there was a huge age range in the total group that like the organizers and the people that pushed it were all like you know, millennials and they you know, were ready to fight for good working conditions and like they went for it and they did it and that's really cool to me um and I think that echoes kind of what we're seeing nationwide uh the teacher strikes are being led by millennials uh millennials are joining unions at higher rates than any other generation I think that's very cool
0: and I'm really into it (laughs) yeah I wish you could see me and Abby because we're sitting across from each other right now and as she started saying this we just both started beaming at each other (laughs) Yeah like, <laughs> nodding while she was talking just smiling like yeah. so huge. I think um yeah, I'm really proud of of the young people in our generation who um are standing up for what's right all across the United States. And I'm proud of the older people as well who are guiding us in that. Um but it was really um moving and wonderful. I mean, the the young guy um who initially sort of kicked all of this off. His father works on the job site and he's much, much older. And you'll hear about that and about the challenges that he faced as an older person. Um just being asked to do like ridiculous amounts of labor for anyone, much less for somebody um who's a senior. that's yeah, really that was really bad. <laughs> but it's really still bad. Is, it's,
1: it's really bad.
0: Yeah. There are parts uh, when
1: we were talking to them, uh, I felt like I couldn't close my mouth because I was just shocked. It was, it's horrible, but they did it. They organized and they fought and they won. Um, And that's amazing.
0: I agree. Yeah. Okay. So without further ado, um, we're going to hand it over uh, to the (laughs) pre-recorded. To ourselves. (laughs) We're going to hand it over to ourselves from the past, (laughs) (laughs) sitting in a church in Rochelle uh, last
2: weekend. Yeah
3: not only has smc cheated you they've cheated workers in other states are continuously doing it in tennessee georgia california texas canada everywhere else so not only that guys i mean it's it's obvious smg g too, <laughs> <laughs> so, gj all of them have been cheating workers i mean it's it's pretty much together but this is only one contractor of thousands in this country doing this. We're here not only for the workers of SMC, but every other contractor in the country that this has happened to. We also want to bring it to the attention of other faith leaders in the United States to help workers like yourselves. We want this story out because you guys can stand up. You do have protection from immigration. You have backing from unions. You have backing from faith leaders and Uh, worker activist. We need your story out. So that's why they're here. They're going to ask you questions. Don't hesitate to tell your story and um, Isai, Stephanie, Salo, if you guys will interpret, Luis, if you'll interpret too, let them know the conditions you faced on the job. There was no drinking water. Your safety harnesses weren't uh, properly working. The hours you were working, no light plants at night, the bounce checks. The bank refusing to take your checks. You haven't been paid in how long? Your taxes. They haven't been taking taxes out. They started retaliating. Let everybody know what's going on here and what to look for. They're a bad contractor. And I'm going to hand it over.
0: Yeah. Uh, hi, once again. My name is Ambria. Um, I actually lived in Rochelle for several years when I was younger. I live in Chicago now. Um, We have questions that we want to ask you. Um, I'm going to get it kicked off with a a question, but after that, you know, it's not like one question, one answer. It can be a conversation. We can let it go where it goes. Um, Our first question, we kind of wanted to start off strong. Uh, I know that like everything's not perfect right now and you're still facing a lot of challenges as you work this stuff out but you guys did win a lot of victories uh, did you guys get increases in your salary i know right now you're not working but promised in the contract well
3: it was roughly anywhere from 11 to eleven dollars an hour raise plus full benefits yeah we used to get paid like twelve
4: dollars an hour and now we're getting paid like 23, $23 more must our well, benefits, benefits and overtime insurance. and everything. And we used to not get paid overtime. We didn't have insurance. So if somebody got hurt in the job, they had to pay their own doctor and stuff. And the total package is going to be about
3: 60 And like Stephanie was saying, they didn't have health insurance for them or their families, but their company also told them they didn't have workers' compensation insurance for the workers actually on the job and they said that if you who yourself you had to pay your
5: bills for mm-hmm. the medicine
1: yeah so you know the question i want to do is like when you woke up in the morning when you were going to work like can you describe how you felt going to work and like what were the working conditions like i heard a little bit it wasn't safe you didn't have safe equipment and stuff like that but yeah what were the working conditions and what was it like going to work at that site
3: mm-hmm.
6: So
4: he says like when <clears throat> they would get to work that sometimes it would be raining, snowing, and they would have to climb all the way up in the rats when it was raining or when they were wet, and they would slip and hurt themselves sometimes. Um, sometimes they would <clears throat> get the iron and it would be like ice, so they would have so to work like that. The house, their their um wet. boots would be all wet and they would
6: have to work in their boots. Well, vez, que
4: they would pressure them that they yeah. wanted
6: to work
5: faster and faster.
4: And sometimes when um, they would say, when it was raining, they'd be like, we want to go home. And they say, go home and don't come back tomorrow. You're fired. And you were only making $12 an
1: hour, no worker's comp,
4: no overtime, and
6: we would work sometimes 14 hours, 12 hours, 13 or more. Our hours work from 7 to 7 and they
4: wanted them to stay till 11 at night. And they didn't want to, and they said, you have to stay or else you're fired. Don't come back tomorrow. Oh, my
6: God. They don't Did even care what <laughs> Did you feel like they were taking advantage
4: of you because of your race?
6: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, yo lo que mire eso de ellos, como yo aquí ya tengo, ya como unos cuarenta y toda mi vida aquí, en Estados Unidos. <laughs> 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 pero yo lo que mire de eso, de, lo primero que mire de ese día que... Que dijo que teníamos que, que teníamos que trabajar hasta las 11 de la noche. Y dije yo, pues si por si sí, yo los años que tengo. Ya, ya voy a entrar a 69 años. Asiste Night yours Y te imaginas, dije, Híjole, pues, a ver si lo hago. Pero, pero primeramente Dios, a lo mejor no puedo hacerlo. Porque si me voy, me despide. Yo necesito el trabajo porque tengo que pagar miles. Tengo que pagar... De sentada a la casa y gas, y, y, y a veces si me enfermo, ¿con qué, ¿con qué voy a ir a pagar? En, entonces dije yo, pues, pues me voy a quedar, pero primeramente dije, pero ya forzado, te imaginas, ya voy a entrar a años. Y, y a mí, ya cuando yo agarro unos fierros, ya pesados porque ellos estaban pesados, pero de dale darle, como que me, 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 me voy y y dije yo, pues. So he says that the day
4: that he wanted to go home when the Koreans told him to, that he had to stay till 11 at night, he was tired and he says he's 69 years old, but he wanted to go home because he felt tired. But then he, the Korean said that if he was home, he was going to be fired. And he thought to himself so, that uh, he has to pay bills, his house, his well, his life. If he gets sick or something, he has to pay. And he says that he felt like if they were taking advantage of him, they're like trapped. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah.
3: What, were, what were some of the site conditions and sanitation on the site? Well, I think like that. it was relevant. Really Explain yeah, them a little yeah, bit, like yeah. your porta-potties. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's
4: sometimes there was, um, we would go to the bathroom and there was no toilet paper. There was nowhere to wash your hands. There was no hand sanitizer. Once I went to the bathroom and somebody had cleaned themselves with a glove.
7: No place to eat.
4: Yeah, no place to yeah. eat.
7: Didn't
8: they throw your microwave away? Oh yeah. yeah, they had,
4: um, they had brought a microwave to heat up their food. And the recordings threw it away. The they company. just threw it out? Yeah, they threw yeah. it. The next day we were we went there and there was no micro, and they said, said that they had thrown it away. Like why else would they do that
0: other
5: than to just be cruel? Mm-hmm. Because they don't want people eating inside their containers or they tired out, whatever it is. They had to go outside to eat. And
4: for them- You're Not allowed to eat inside?
5: Mm-hmm. No. And they
4: have their trailer and they eat yeah. on their table and their AC or when it was cold yeah. inside and so in their They tater. don't want
5: the people inside. No. Mm-hmm.
7: There was no
4: water when it was like mm-hmm. almost 90 mm-hmm. degrees. Mm-hmm. They, they have no cold water.
5: Cool. And the people that work in the rats and the hides, they don't take breaks. Like, I don't take breaks. Uh,
3: uh, explain to them what you were doing and how high you were. were uh, uh, it's it like.
5: 145 feet oh, right okay. and we had to clean every day every morning and you just stay there from 7 to 12 without breaks you just keep working without water or like if you want to go to the bathroom they get mad and so one one time i used to like half, half hour of lunch because they say oh you don't have to go outside to take your lunch i'm gonna give you food and they only give me a machine and i had to stay early to keep working till seven again.
4: When everybody else took their hour lunch and only took half
0: an hour. Uh, who's everybody else, is that union workers or is that like just sales mm-hmm. management?
4: The, we were we were still not in the contract with the union. We were still with the Corians and we had, uh, they would give us an hour lunch, but then the guys that were up in the air and the wrecks, um, they only started giving them <laughs> half an hour and they would only bring them men with chicken to eat.
5: Uh, when I'm talking about the brace, the union workers they take the brace, but mm-hmm. if we try to take race they get mad. Mm-hmm.
7: Yes, that was bad.
0: So how that feel seeing the union workers get treated so much better yes. than how you guys uh, were treated? Yeah. Like how did that feel for you?
7: Well, mm-hmm. I feel uh, Brass- I mean, like racist. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at this point, because um, we are like, like uh, Jesus said uh, we are humans. Uh, uh, we should. Like everyone, like right here. everyone show so, re- respect. Uh, cause still, like, we are like working the same place, or we are doing the same So, but this guys like i trying to like act different with the Hispanic people. And something like well, I feel I felt bad for my father because uh, he was oh, the one that oh, got the dad? microwave. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they just throw away. So, like sometimes I feel like. Um, that's amazing, but they don't have to laugh like that, that's
0: why they're cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mostly union guys are white too, right, like compared to the rest of the workers? Were the yeah. union guys more white? No? We
8: have some way yeah, around
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like this is a thing I think that like we see a lot, right, is that like, um, like all the Latino workers are not in the union and all the union guys are like white or black, right? Um, and like, what was that like, working in that division, both for you guys in the union and those who just joined the union because of this, like, what, like, uh, overcoming that division, like, what was that like?
0: Or actually, actually, can we talk about, um, with that, with that in mind, like, right, there was this thing about when they retaliated against your strike, they said, uh, something about someone calling ICE. Does anybody want to explain the story? Because this is really interesting
4: to me.
6: So he says
4: when he got to work the Koreans told them that if he had his green card because if not ICE was going to come and for him to go
7: home. And the
4: ones that had green cards or their U.S. citizenship that could stay um, working but if they didn't have it that they had to go home.
5: They, they were asking about, what was your status here? Residential seriousness.
3: And you just say, no, oh, go home. And, yeah. and so to back up the story a little bit is nine workers had went on strike Tuesday at 12 noon and returned to work Wednesday at 12 noon. It was a 24 hour, one day strike. And it was that night, Wednesday night, when the rumor started that ICE was gonna be coming and it was a retaliation tactic from the company, not only to buy them some time on the job without any workers to start making decisions on what mm-hmm. they were going to do, but they knew that the workers had went to different faith groups such as Arise Chicago, um, Jobs with Justice, the United Methodist Church, and the unions for support. And so the company was trying to drive a wedge in between the workers and the union, and it was rumored the, the union, the ironworkers union specifically, called ice on these workers when, behind the scenes, you know, um, the ironworkers were supporting the workers in their their working rights.
0: So, is this a believable lie? Do like, you people think I called
1: ice on you? <laughs> on you? No, I <laughs> oh, no. no, don't. Worry, no.
0: <laughs> Probably
8: not. <laughs> yeah. for, for, but we were shocked when we got the email, too, that we couldn't go back on the job. We would have to have escort. Like, we didn't do anything. We, we got accused of all this stuff. So Mark sent the email back, explained that we did not. You need to
3: retract your statement. So they did. They had a, oh,
0: they retracted it? They that?
3: had it. <laughs> it was, I got a <coughs> tattoo, so because I was showing the email and I thought it was quite comical. Um, the rumor specifically came out that the Ironworkers Local 498 called ice on the workers, and the retraction that came out was, oh, well, we had been reading that ice raids were ramping up across the country, and we wanted to notify the companies on the job site that there were possible ice raids coming. So it wasn't a full retracted apology to the iron workers or even admitted that they started a horrible rumor. It was two separate... I mean, this... they're just trying to <laughs> cover their own selves
0: <coughs> or like apologizing for like making scary threats yeah about stop. like yeah. this thing that might not actually happen yeah, or probably is not going to happen very
4: unlikely to happen
8: just so that we're clear that was never an option i was never even looking at something like that that's it's not how we do things
4: and after like um So Tuesday we went on strike and then on Thursday when we came back to work um, they were asking for our I-9s also when they from the beginning when we um, started they never asked for the I-9.
3: And some of these workers have been working there I believe five months already most of them on average were two months and state law actually federal law I take it back is if you've been working there more than I think three days or two weeks you're not allowed to have them. So if you don't do it within the first two weeks of employment, you can't go ask them to do it later. And
0: that's fairly retaliation.
3: Correct.
1: I feel like it should be like uh like what was like the timeline? Like they went on strike, nine people went on strike. Can you like can you describe no, I said. Mm-hmm. can you like describe like you were the leader, right, of all of this. Um can you describe like like, what went down? The start with all these horrible working conditions to the end and, like, chip
0: in everybody? Uh, yeah. And who were these original people that went on the first 24 hour straight?
5: Yeah, who was it? Day mm-hmm. people first. Day uh, people, it was Stephanie, Saulo,
4: Christina. Ricardo, Cristina, Jesus, and Armando. Who's and Armando,
5: and... Uh, oh, what? My Heine dad, me and I. there were 28 people that uh, we went to strike, it was Wednesday?
4: Sister.
5: Tuesday. Yeah, it was, it was Tuesday. 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 Mm. So if
4: you
1: like went to the iron workers and you were like, this is messed up, what do we do? Was,
8: yeah, that was prior to that.
7: Yeah, yeah. Um, so like from the start, probably, tell the story. Before. And, uh, and I hear something that, about Lenore, like he's like a uh, supervisor. Like, he will, after we went to strike, he, uh, he was saying, like, oh, I want to tell you, though, those people, those, um, I'm just going to give 40 hours, and I'm just going to be picking garbage. Yeah.
0: Um, And you guys weren't part of the union at this point, right? No, they not at this point. point. But they
8: gave you support? Well, yeah. I say come to me, okay. I'm looking to get into the union to apply. Because I guess because you saw the white guys and yeah. everything else, so WB they were contractors. And, um, and it's it's white w-e-i-t-z i really prefer to race on as now white. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's
8: the name of the company uh it's but <laughs> so i said i came to main looking to join the union and with that i started working backwards and yeah i'm gonna get you in and everything but can we help everybody else because he explained the conditions so i knew that was something to be done and that's where we and pass it off, but I knew we could get more help from like the Rise Chicago and the Faith Leaders and that's that's where we reached out to them. So it was kind of the Rise Chicago and Faith Leaders doing that help bringing them up. I'm mean, kind of busy, but I knew I wanted to get eyesight going with everything, so still working with them. We could get more people, but we were really the Faith Leaders and all doing the, the main work and all.
2: Okay,
0: so you went on that first strike.
5: Yeah. Uh, how did you
1: convince people to go on strike with you? Like, well,
5: how did that happen? At the first point, it was hard because you don't know who's truth. It was hard. I, I just called Jesus, A you know, the union wants to know what's the condition of the work, and they, they want to try to tell us. And then they can a bit while with us, and then we started talking with the other people, but some people, it was scared of, oh, I, I don't have <coughs> resident or the status, or they say, oh, mother going to fire me it was really hard to try to convince people because the first strike that we did we only we like let the eight persons the second one it was because we received support from the iron workers everyone goes out of their place
8: oh yeah when they went on that second strike it was um tough. we we made sure you know we told our guys they walk it this is something they're doing they want to do it you respect that and they they already had planned they wanted to anyway. So it was just more or less a reaffirmation. But that's as union brothers and everything and families we are, we we stand up for everybody no matter what. So it was a no brainer. If those guys want, you know, better conditions, they're standing up for it, they would walk out with them. So our guys, even on the job that were union, walked off to support this.
0: So this is after the first strike there was the retaliation around ice and like them trying to scare everybody. And then the, the union, some union guys joined in with you for another strike. I'm just kind of re-explaining things for the microphone. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, how many how many walked off the drop site for that second
3: strike?
0: All of us that are here, everybody that's here, everyone?
3: There, there were actually 20 workers that officially went on strike and signed a strike demand letter to the company but uh, all the workers had walked off the job and then the building trades had also walked off because what happened is this strike was an unfair labor practice strike when the workers walked off this time and so they put up an unfair labor practice ticket and that's when the building trades stepped out and supported these workers so i'm
1: going to do like an explanation real quick um of the difference between the first strike was an economic strike um this is this is for the microphone An economic strike is uh, when people, when a group of workers go on strike for higher wages, better working conditions, anything that you would hear in a Woody Guthrie song. um, That's an economic strike. Um, An unfair labor practice strike is when the company has broken labor law. And in this instance, um, the company broke labor law by retaliation.
0: Um, uh, How many people are on the worksite overall? Like, what kind of portion of
1: people
8: are we talking about on the work site? 300. 300? Okay. 100. On So on pretty that job site, site uh, probably, seven. when we go at 10 for White's construction, probably about 10 maybe on Schulstrom's side, and if you're talking about all the contractors together. It was 50 for about Yeah,
7: I was about to say there's 50.
8: 100. It could be upwards of 100, I would think. Oh, I don't think up to that yet so this group well, of people
1: is a early pretty early big chunk early. maybe it's about 125. okay and did most of the people on the job street like refuse to cross the picket line that day
8: yeah or our yeah. guys don't cross the picket line yeah uh, i would do the operators do? Yeah. operators left okay operators iron workers oh, yeah. Uh, yeah so the jeep metal i think there's some plumbers out there Showed some people only stuck around <laughs> because they're pouring concrete as soon as they got done pouring the concrete, they were going to leave too. So, mm-hmm. everybody's very favorable in fighting for workers' rights. We have them. We fight for them all the time. We want to make sure we fight for everybody else too.
0: Um, we did want to talk to the ladies. Are do you both work on the job site? So, how has that been for you? What kind of work do you do there? And what's it like to be a, a woman caught up in all of this? Yo, feliz
7: porque nos <laughs> están
4: she says that she feels happy and everything that the union is helping her, as like a woman. Mm-hmm. And um, some things that we did there, we would do um, the screws and we would put the, what One is you, you want to want to
5: on the ones oh. that go in the... Yeah,
7: the water Yeah, bolts and nuts. Yeah.
4: We would do that. That's pretty much what we would do. Or sometimes we would go to the construction and pick up garbage and sweep. Um, but what was heavy was the boxes. They, I think, they weigh more than fifty pounds, mm. and we would have to carry them. I was I was confused, yeah. I mean, that's, that was like our job that we would do. Yeah, and you're
1: talking about the porta potties. Like I know, yeah. like I'm really sensitive about bathrooms. Yeah. Like I'm sure that was like a big issue.
4: Yeah. Sometimes I wouldn't go in all day because I don't like going. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes yeah. you have to go in. Okay, I'm curious, what are, what are you guys building? What
1: is, what is this oh, building? Yeah. It's
8: a cold storage warehouse facility. It's going to be fully automated uh, with sub-freezing temperatures, so it's not for anybody to work in there. When um, it's all said and done, and all that rack system we saw the picture of, holds the roof up. It supports the building. There's no interior columns. It all supports everything. So that's why it's being built first. It's like it's going in reverse. So there's no walls up or anything right now. It's, you have to build the structure that it's all gonna sit on first and then you encase it with the building. Mm. Uh, There's vertical, uh, usually called overhead crane, but it's kind of a vertical crane that sets in there Mm. in certain bays. Mm. uh, And it's for cold storage for like frozen turkeys and french fries. It'll be negative 60 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's basically just a giant refrigerator. It's a giant vending machine. Refrigerated vending machine.
0: Nobody's gonna
3: work in there. All those <laughs> all those rack things are. So they're the gonna pie. press buttons and yeah. it's gonna like bring yeah. down yeah. 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 Oh, wow. So like a truck backs in from the distributor of the turkeys and they load the pass on the conveyor, they hit a button and sends it up to a certain unit and then say Walmart will come. Hit a button and it brings down one pile of turkeys, one pile of frozen pizzas, and whatever, and then they go to that Walmart and distribute. I feel like we could do in an another podcast episode just about <laughs> this vending machine. It's actually really <laughs> interesting. I mean, yeah. the concrete for the floor <laughs> is four feet, four feet thick. I mean, it's, it's a... Damn. Yeah. Is
0: this
3: what we saw coming in off of the yeah. 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 like we, I took a picture of it
0: because I was like, maybe that's
3: it. Yeah. was just that's
8: like
0: weird. It's, it's the tallest yeah. thing around. Yeah. Yeah. You can't
8: miss it. You can see it for miles. And They've been working. And not only were they working there, they had to climb that every day. Yeah. And our guys have been taking lifts. I say our guys, but the White's construction, uh, they've been taking man lifts to get up there. Oh,
0: so you weren't allowed to take the elevator up. How yeah. did you get
7: up So that you. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what yeah. Like, you just, like... And, it, and it's not <laughs> a ladder. <laughs> it's an escalator.
0: Like yeah. a jungle gym or something? It's not a ladder. And so that's what you were talking about when it's icy, no. like, it was really slippery. Yeah.
5: When it was raining, it was raining.
2: It
8: and The vertical span between it is what 10 feet, so it's yeah. not like you can reach up and grab it. You have to climb holes to get to the next level to pull yourself up. And
4: their hardness
0: wasn't working anymore, and they didn't want to replace them. Wow, did uh-huh. anyone get hurt? Yeah, he says that when, uh, he, like when he go to lunch, but then he gets back on.
4: Um, he felt like a little heavy from eating and stuff, and they would tell him to go up there and fast. Mm. Mm. And he was <laughs> the one that that, that hurt. That <laughs> yeah, it was raining, and he said that it was the racks were wet, and they said to go up there anyways. Mario had told him to go up there, and it, he slipped, and he hurt his knee. And that same day, somebody else slipped, and he hit his mouth on a rack. Oh, oh. oh my god! Oh my god! we would also work in lightning.
5: He says when um, it
4: was snowing, they would have to grab the um, the iron and it was freezing and they couldn't feel their fingers.
7: Oh He
4: says that also that they never gave gloves, that they, we would have to buy our own gloves.
1: So you had to do like, what about your boots and everything,
5: all of that was an out-of-pocket expense yeah. for you? Yeah, but uh, the actual nails mm-hmm. were when it's like, when like, twenty-eight per mile. It was, well that day that I remember it was bad because the sheet metal just fall off from all the way at the top to the all the way down.
0: Which if it hits you, you're dead,
4: yeah.
5: basically. Uh, yeah, it, it yeah. hits you, you're gonna be dead or couldn't even the house.
4: It fell on another roof and it made a hole. Mm-hmm.
1: So, as like union iron workers at the time, like you're looking at these conditions, what are you thinking like then, you're just like
3: this is... Well, honestly, like he was talking the day that it was 28 miles an hour and that piece flew off the roof. Yeah. And, like, the, the, the union contractors weren't working because of the unsafe conditions, but as soon as those guys would go home from the union contractor side, uh, SMC was telling the workers to go up there and keep working and start doing things. So, a lot of the, the union contractors didn't even realize this was going on on the job. Um, and I saw and some of the other workers were saying they've worked in excess of 16, 20, 28 miles an hour up there. And a piece of sheet metal decking is usually you know 20 feet long, about three, four feet wide. And when you pick it up, I mean, it turns into a kite. Heck, you know, all the wind hits it, and you have no control. It's a very sharp, thin piece of metal at that. Turns into a razor blade, basically. Yeah. You know? And with the wind blow, I mean, it could very easily land, depending on the wind, you know, a couple of 500 yards away. So. Not to mention, there's an interstate right there. at
8: That mm-hmm. height, with the wind and all that, it could easily fly a track it.
3: How long was the second strike and what happened after that? Really, a few hours. Um, so, I saw you ask me to kind of explain it. Um, the workers went on strike at 7 a.m. in the morning. Um, as the workers walked out, more workers were collecting and coming back. At that point, there was a gentleman from Smart Matronics Corps by the name of Jay came outside. And Jay had already met with the workers Tuesday of the first strike, just a couple days prior. He knew all the worker issues, he had got a list of the demands, and he he was very nervous. He asked why the workers were going out on strike, and he explained to him that, you know, they gave you another strike letter, you retaliated against them, none of the issues were even fixed. Um, and so he was trying to repair the damage and said he would sit down with the workers and they said, you know, you've already sat down with them. They need action. They need to see these things being fixed. So long story short, the company that they went on strike from is Southern Mechanics Construction. And it's not a coincidence that there's two companies initial SMC. The workers from Southern Mechanic and Construction work for a gentleman by the name of Mr. Chang. He's the owner. Mr. Chang works for Smart Matronics Corps, which is Jay Bake. The workers all wear Smart Matronics Corps' hard hats, vests, and everything else, but they're paid by Mr. Chang and Smart Metronics Corps. Um, but Jay Bake from Smart Metronics, um, directs all the workers. It, they try to make it look like there's two companies, but in all reality, they're, they're pretty well away. Jay was putting everything on Mr. Chang, and the reason I kind of described the relationship between the two is Jay finally said, what's it going to take to get these workers to go back? And we said, the workers want you to sit down with them, go over their demands, and they want it in writing that these demands will be met, and they want a contract." them and so he said okay do the workers have a contract for pre- prepared and uh, we said that they had asked the iron workers for representation and that they did have one prepared and he said okay get it sent over to us and i will have mr chang sign it so jay had to call mr chang his subcontractor and get his email which, to me, that's a huge red flag because if you've got a contractor that you've been dealing with and working with on this project for five months and also bidding work and doing everything, this relationship's been at least eight months long, you would have his email address. <laughs> so we get his email address and I forwarded it onto to the local and um, they had sent a contract over and Mr. Chang had filled it out. And after waiting roughly about an hour with all the workers on strike and the building trades walking out on strike at that point, um, Mr. Chang couldn't figure out how to send the signed contract back. So again, we got a whole local, we got the fax number, we sent that over, we waited another 20 minutes or so, and finally Mr. Chang figured out how to send it back through email, but he sent it to Jay instead of the local. So Jay forwards it on to the local, and then, what was really interesting at that point, the local had called us and said, We got the signed contract, but there's one problem. It's, what was the name of the company? A southern, southern Mechanical uh, Corporation or something. Yeah, it? it wasn't even the name of the company. And so we sat down with Jay and we explained it to him. And so Jay called Mr. Chang and they spoke in Korean, and I'm not sure exactly what he said, but <laughs> it was not good. Good terms. <laughs> um, the local had sent Mr. Chang another blank contract and then they got that comeback, southern uh, Mechanic and construction. So at that point they got a signed contract roughly within three hours of going on strike. Um, Mr. Chang was actually flying in that Friday and was supposed to meet with the workers on Saturday and he skipped out on that meeting. But he did meet with them the Tuesday morning after, which was uh, the day after Memorial Day. So that's where we're kinda of at today. I mean there's a lot in between, but that's Have we How
1: many of you has anyone here been on strike before? No. No.
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever think that this would be what you were doing right now? <laughs>
4: no. no.
7: no. no. <laughs>
4: Oh, he says that they did this because um they were like kinda of tired of them not paying their overtime safety, um, all of the bad treatment and stuff like
3: that.
4: If like an accident happened or something they would laugh instead of saying, Are you okay? Like he was all the way up in the air and he almost got hit by um, the the crane. And Mar- instead of Mario, his supervisor, saying, are you okay, he laughed at him.
8: <laughs> but these conditions uh, happen right. all yeah. over the yeah. country. Yeah. Yeah, he says
4: like, uh, about them going up in the air when the racks were wet. Mm-hmm. So that if they didn't if they didn't do it that they were little girls
3: mm-hmm. they didn't have like
4: a motive to work because they didn't pay their overtime no safety and stuff like when like city like with the union they have like a motive to work because they're Getting, getting paid good, they're overtime, they have their safety and stuff like that. And over here, they don't have no motive mm-hmm. to
8: mm-hmm. wow. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one reason why you wanted to make sure they put this on the podcast, too. Because yeah. this happens all over the country, it's not just here. Um, and it's been going on for a long time. It's just finally somebody said, Enough's enough. I don't know, it was eyesight coming in talking to me. And we kind of pushed it from there and, you know, help things get going, but everybody has a breaking point and this is it, but it's got to stop around the country too. You can't just be like this, we fix this and that's nothing. That's why we wanted this to go down. I grew up in Arkansas. Then sounds more redneck than I do but i,
2: I
0: like
8: I will uh, but I grew up in Arkansas. I worked non-union iron in the south so it was the same conditions I've worked under that type of thing too that's that's why i do what I do because I've been there just like you guys I worked five years non-union iron in arkansas and all over the south um same thing like these other guys or these other crews it in you just Different state to different state, putting up handrail, catwalks, whatever. I've worked under the same brutal environment. I got hurt on the job one time, struck by electricity, blew out my chin. What? I got dragged into the job trailer. The owner sat down with me and a little wet wipe and a band aid, and told me to clean myself up and go back to work. Nothing oh. happened. So that's that's what I did. I didn't know any better. I never I never stood up for myself. I just kept taking the abuse and punishment. Eventually, I went on to do other things, but I got out of that. I mean, you guys are standing up. You're standing up now for yourselves, and I never did for myself. So that's why I'm proud of you guys. That's why I pushed off to help, because you guys did more than
3: I did. So I'm backing now. Yep. you <laughs> <You're> now. <laughs> and one thing I want to add to that is this is really not a union, non-union issue. Yeah. These were workers with worker rights issues. And that's why uh, Reverend Rob Hamilton is involved, uh, Arise Chicago, Jobs with Justice and Faith Leaders. It's not about the union, non-union, but with the National Labor Relations Board, the only way workers anymore can actually get a guarantee to keep their rights is by having a contract. And even though you sign a contract with a company, if the NLRB doesn't recognize that contract, it's really not any good where the... NLRB does recognize the contracts with the different labor unions and building trades. That's why they asked for that.
1: Yeah, so like going off of that, like we're in a church today. Uh, there's a graduation going on in the next room. Uh, Rob Hamilton, are you the minister of this church? Yes. Yeah. Tell us like, what was it like getting involved? Like, how did
2: you get uh, into I, I'm very humbled to, to be involved and asked to come and support uh, workers. I found it to be really inspiring to see these workers' strength, to see them stand up to the powerful, and to now see the powerful acting cowardly because of your strength, uh, because of your solidarity. That's something that is important to my faith. I see Jesus as a man who was weak and stood up for the weak, stood up to the powerful. Um, it was not easy. It took uh, a lot of courage, but that's what you do when you love other people, and so I'm, I'm I'm humbled and the people in my church are humbled to stand in solidarity with you, to pray for you, um, and pray for your continued strength, that uh, that you'll keep up the good fight, not only for yourselves, but for others. So like, do you feel like you've
1: made like Rochelle better by doing this? Like, Do you feel like your community is stronger? Do you feel like a family now? I mean, some of you are literally family, but like...
0: Mm-hmm. Well, does everybody here live in Rochelle? Yeah, yeah I
1: guess that's, that's a
2: question to y'all. Do live in the area? Right? Yeah? yeah. yeah.
0: I wonder if any
2: of us went to school at the same time. I'm better for it. Yeah. I'm 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 a changed person because of watching what you all have done. Mm. You make me a better person. So at least one person. <laughs> I
8: guess a question I want to ask uh, something. I, I know I haven't been able to be around a lot. I got a lot of things I do. I'm pretty busy. Um, but that's part of it, too. There's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes and a lot that keeps the day-to-day operation of the union and everything. And that's some of my job. How do you all feel now? I know I, I try to look at it from my aspect and that I had a job before and now I don't have a job and I'd, I'd be a little confused, maybe a little maybe a little angry. I'm curious. I honestly want to know. I mean, if you're mad, you're mad. Let me know. I, I want to know how you feel
4: saber cómo se siente cada uno de ustedes. Si están enojados o algo que como pues que ya no tienen trabajo, pero pues les van a conseguir trabajo, pero están enojados o
8: felices.
7: Sí. O,
8: saber cómo se That's what I want. But I don't, I'm kind of bitter sometimes. So yeah, yeah i like, ah, now I have a job, man. Like.
4: como medio enojado, so como, oh, ya no tengo trabajo.
8: That's just me. I I want you to be happy, and there's a lot of positive. We're going to move forward. We are all going to move forward, and you're all going to have a lot better. But it's just a weird time right now, and I worry about that. It, I wasn't lying when I took you guys in. I, you're family now, so I do worry about you, um, and I worry how things are going for you. So I just want to just want to see how you're feeling. Si dice
4: que se preocupa que ya no tienen como un trabajo ahorita. saber cómo se siente. <laughs> uh, uh, <was> <laughs> he says he says that um he feels uh, kind of like um worried that he doesn't have a job right now to support his family.
8: I know, I'm worried too. Not worry, I know what I know. I can take care, but I, I worry for you, worry. I, I understand, <laughs> that's why I'm hustling trying to get you on Tuesday, like let's get this going, and I know everybody wants to wait for the job, and I worry about work too, I have to, I've got to pay. Yeah. So, I know. We're getting
5: there.
8: Yeah, I know it's a rough patch right now, uh, and that's what I told Vince and some. Of the, when I was reaching out for extra leaders to help out and everything because I can't do it myself. I mean, I can go and go so far. I needed more help. That's why I started reaching out to Ryan Chicago and everything. But I was worried the whole time, especially for Isaac. He was the first one I met, so I really only worried about him. I'd only met him, but I told him I didn't want any anybody getting hurt. So, and I'm, I'm still sticking by that. And even so much so that, yeah, you could just, I could tell you you're all going to be iron workers, but I think theres you deserve
3: better. All, you ought to have a choice. That's why I'm doing the thing on Tuesday. You know, a couple of things about the workers here you're talking about, back to your question about, is it making the community better? Um, I had the pleasure to go with Reverend Rob, uh, was it Tuesday? Thursday. We went and helped hand out lunches to underprivileged kids here in the community um the church does a program here that I'm completely amazed by every day from when school ends for summer to when school starts they hand out lunches to underprivileged kids every day of the week except for 4th of July and that's just because they can't get their vendors to supply food so we got the privilege of doing that and I got to learn that I believe 80% of the schools in Rochelle are on reduced lunches because of the income and the poverty level here in town out of the other, I think 20%, 15 of them are on a reduced but not free lunch, um, or 80% is on free lunches, is that so, yeah, yeah, I'm all
2: confused. <laughs> long, long story
3: short, 95% of the kids going to any school in Rochelle have some kind of a free or reduced lunch because of the poverty level. These workers now, when they do get to work, get their wages, they've made raises. They've got better conditions for their family and their kids if they are going to work the overtime like Jaime who's 69 years old at least they're going to be compensated to spend that money back in the community and help others and hopefully this story uh, and what they've been through they can help their neighbors and tell their neighbors how to help and and build them up on their jobs too and stop this so I think uh, this has been a very core group of workers in this room We've spent a lot of time together over the last few weeks, and I kind of want to apologize to them because we've met a lot. It takes time away from the families. Um, they've really been great through all this, and they're good hearted people, and I think they'll remember that and take it on.
0: Yeah, hearing about the poverty levels in Rochelle, I know when I went to school here, they just gave you your your free lunch thing on, a, like, a piece of card that they cut upstairs from. I don't know if they've updated the system, but, like, <laughs> the idea that, like, there could be a project here that, like, makes money for people and then the town is still destitute, like, it's just not right that they come here and, like, make a bunch of money off of the town and give nothing back. And there was, like, a helpful
1: one inside that the grocery that like, like gas station, and Andrew was like, that's the job. Yeah, yeah, like, I remember
0: from living here, it was kind of like, it seemed kind of weak sometimes when I was growing up, because it's like, you know, your options are like, work at the gas station, or go, I mean, that's why you're stuck in such a difficult place, because it's like, if you get fired from this job, you know, what else is there? There's not a ton of options. So
8: we're going to give them options.
5: Yeah. Not yeah. like
8: that, awesome. the idea with working how you're about to start working with the union, be it the iron workers, carpenters, whatever, you will have to travel to other jobs. Because just like a miracle job, it'll come to a point where it stops. You'll have to go to the next place to get another job, but I'll keep finding places for you to go. That's what we do. So you're not looking for work anymore. We'll find it for you, and you may have to go to a different place, but we go to that place. until so that project's done, and we go to the next place. Because that's where it helps have us too. Yes, sir muy bueno.
7: Como lo que estaba diciendo hace rato, que
3: la carretera 88 tiene para dos años ahí. Ya se hay más trabajos en el área también. Bueno, uh-huh. Pero, pues desde ahí aquí como realmente hasta que se acaban el internet. Porque, bueno, que, bueno, desafortunadamente que no tienen un documento, aquí les van a ayudar a tener trabajo todas sus toda su cuentas, que ustedes si no quieran más. O sea, en un buen tanto, entonces yo digo que
6: no se agüiten uno aunque tenga, que yo tenga, no, porque yo no quiero tampoco seguir otro si trabajo, yo tengo que quedar con ellos para seguir hasta aquí. Hasta que un día yo que si me despide, como ya no me gusta, volver todo el trabajo, más cierta calidad, pues es muy diferente, pero ahorita tener una oportunidad, todo, reaccionando si no a la de la mano. Te...
0: Right. Sounded S- like a lot. La <risa> cara
5: <Pero, bueno. Go. risa> yeah, de la mano He's, he said
7: that uh, he's happy because uh, you guys
5: are
2: going
5: to
7: help
5: us. He made the person that makes mm-hmm. us social. Mm-hmm. Because they, <laughs> they said that they're going to find a job now without problems mm-hmm. because of you guys that you're going to support us. Yeah. And he said
6: that he wants to keep with you. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. You're que le doy gracias a Dios good. Pues yo de, después de ya de ahora sí como dicen de, de, después de la tormenta en la vencida yo yo estoy bien agradecidodamente con, con con dios porque hoy esta mañana estaba como como sonando no sé qué tan tantos años en mi vida yo nunca había nunca había ganado dinero dice ahora sí voy a ganar pero estoy esperando ese día
4: oh, he says, he says, get paid more money, minutes.
8: but he has to wait <laughs> to <All right>. work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there will be a calm soon.
4: That's
0: annoying. Well, we should probably wrap up soon and let you guys, like, have your day. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there any last thoughts anybody wants to
4: share before we wrap up?
6: Alguien más quiere No, algo? Ya, yeah. ya. Yeah, no, pues yo vi parte mío, pues como dicen, primos y primo, siempre un poquito preocupado que no hay trabajo, pero no perdemos la esperanza, no, volver a realizar otra vez, pidiendo a Dios también que le todo el trabajo. He says that, that the same that what his
4: um, cousin has said that he's a little worried too about his work to support his family, but he just asked um God that for them for all of us to have a job soon, and he says um thanks um for Ben and um, Dan hey. yep. <laughs> <laughs> um for your support for helping all of us.
3: That's my pleasure.
4: It's a pleasure.
3: You guys did it. You're, you're the driving force. It's you guys and your courage that are what did have?
1: This is going to sound really cheesy, but you guys know the song Solidarity Forever. (laughs) If you don't, you should, but the first line of the song is, uh, when the union's inspiration through the workers' blood shall run, uh, there will be no power greater anywhere beneath the sun. Uh, That's what this reminds me of. You know, you guys wanted it, and you did it. Uh, And there's nothing more powerful than that, and that's beautiful. It's inspirational to me. Oh you got an Italian inspirational. No, it's
8: yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys doing the podcast so we we'll hopefully get this out there.
0: Yeah. We'll kind yeah. Of spread it
8: around the country. Let it let it get out there.
0: We can send you a link to it once we're ready. Uh, it'll probably be done like in a week and we'll we'll air it, I'll edit it and stuff. Um, do you have any questions for us or anything?
4: For
7: yeah, I want us? Um just wanna say thank you. Um, for uh, you guys and the pastor for your prayers, cause we we are not scared now. I know like uh, some people was uh, scared again, uh, but we feel like strong. Um, thank you for your prayers and thank you for your support. Yeah. Um,
2: if your families need help with bills while you're off work, come see us. We have money and the Salvation Army has money to help support people when they're in need. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, you guys. guys.
0: We really appreciate it. Thanks for sitting through this. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Extra work. (laughs) Yeah, together you're
1: making this whole movement stronger. You're you're doing it. It It's
8: like an Aaron Brockovich there later. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah,
8: Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think it's
0: really important for people in the city, too, to hear about what's happening out, you know, just not even that far from the city, because I think, like, a lot of activists, like, they work in Chicago, and we don't, like... We don't pay attention to what's happening, and um, I think it's important for us to do. Yeah. Andrea and I read the email from our Arise Chicago on Wednesday, and Andrea's like, we have to go. <laughs> yeah, why not?
8: Well, the one conversation I had with Jay from SMC, or whatever it is he is, he said he was told when he came to this area that it wouldn't be like Chicago where the unions are strong and nobody would mess with you. It's just a cornfield, and nobody's going to bother him. That's how oh. they did what they did. He said in yep. Chicago they have to play careful because there's unions and this and that. They had no idea what they were getting into. He said literally never saw it coming.
0: Well, a lot of times they're right. Like people don't pay attention to what goes on out here. So I'm really glad that this is different. And I hope that other people are inspired to like not let people come take advantage of people living out in the country.
2: Maybe they'll think twice Yeah. they really do it again. Yep. Well, I want them to hear about
8: it so they'll think twice in Tennessee or yep. Texas, wherever they're at now.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, because also people can communicate better than they used to. You know, now we can go on the internet and talk about this and give other people ideas and it gets them a little bit more scared when they see that, like, we can talk to people in other states and let them know that they can do the same thing.
3: Yeah. Let's let them know.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Right. Have a great
3: day. Oh, you know, guys, real quick perfect. before you...
0: That's it for today. If you're listening, everybody who participated in the interviews and helped us set them up, thank you so much for being a part of this. It was really wonderful to be able to come uh, talk to workers who stood up for themselves, who stood up for their rights, and who are setting an example for people everywhere, you know, who want to stand up for what's right and who may feel scared to do that because... These people are often in control of our lives. uh, And that's what lets them get away with the things that they do. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Season of the Bee. You can email us with your questions or comments, etc. Seasonofthebee at gmail.com. Also, you can support us on Patreon. You can support us with as little as $1 a month. We have so many people that give us $1 or $5 a month. And all of those people added up is what allows us to do this show and to continue doing what we do and to continue sort of exploring the boundaries of what that is uh, like we did this week. So thanks once again for listening, and we will see you next time.